Hey, it's Vanessa. I'm still collecting listener stories about mysterious sounds in the night for an upcoming episode of Nocturne. Have you ever been at your home or somewhere else late at night and you heard a noise you couldn't identify or explain? If you have, call me and leave a message at 510-982-6959, describing the sound, how you felt about it, what you did about it, and if you ever figured out what it was. Bonus points if you can recreate the sound using your voice. Again, that's 510-982-6959, or send me a voice recording by email to vanessa at nocturnepodcast.org. Thank you. This episode is brought to you with support from BetterHelp. When you're feeling your best, things just seem to flow. You're able to see things clearly and meet the challenges that inevitably come in life. But sometimes life throws a curveball, or you may feel overwhelmed, or you're just not showing up the way you want to. Something needs to change, and you can't do it alone. Working with a therapist can help in all sorts of ways, from learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, how to navigate healthy relationships, to how to just feel like the best version of yourself. I've been there at various times throughout my life, and it was invaluable to work with an experienced professional. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash nocturne today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash nocturne. This episode is also brought to you with support from OcuSleep. If you have trouble falling asleep at night, OcuSleep might be just the thing for you. We've all heard about the importance of melatonin in healthy sleep. Well, when we get a lot of artificial light in the evening before bed, it signals our brains to hold it back. Think all those screens you watch shows or play games on, or heaven forbid, read the news on before bed. OcuSleep glasses were developed by two eye doctors in Long Island, New York. They block the specific wavelengths of light responsible for disrupting melatonin's natural release. You wear them one to two hours before bed and just do your normal stuff. By the time you're ready for sleep, OcuSleep glasses will have helped your body produce the optimal amount of melatonin safely and naturally. According to OcuSleep, most people notice having an easier time falling asleep within a week of wearing the glasses. OcuSleep glasses are cute and comfortable, and they're available with or without prescription lenses. Visit OcuSleep.com for more information and receive $40 off and free shipping with the code Nocturne. That's OcuSleep.com with the code Nocturne for $40 off and free shipping. You're listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. In most major urban and suburban areas in the U.S., it's easy to take for granted that the streets are for cars. That's just the way it is almost all the time. That's what we expect to see and experience, day and night. So when you come across a road taken over by joyful people on bicycles with cars stuck on the sidelines, it's kind of a delightful spectacle. At least I think so, and I'm not the only one. In fact, around where I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, that's called a bike party. 
East Bay Bike Party is a loose gathering of people who come together every month to ride through the streets of the East Bay. So it could be Oakland or Berkeley, Albany and Richmond and through the tunnel to Concord. Anywhere the BART goes, we will do an East Bay Bike Party. BART is Bay Area Rapid Transit, if you didn't know. We ride on streets that bikes often aren't able to safely ride on, so we go on the main thoroughfares. We start at a BART at 8 o'clock at night. Everyone gathers at that BART station with their bicycles, and we follow the leader to the first party stop. About five miles of riding, and then we stop at a park. The music bike's set up, we have dance floors, and we have a big party for about half an hour, 45 minutes, get back on our bikes and ride another five miles to the next party stop and we keep doing it. We always end at the BART station. We always begin at a BART station to make it easy for people to get home afterwards. My name is Megan and I am a teacher by day, but I've been a part of the East Bay Bike Party volunteer group for almost 10 years, and so I do everything from manage the Facebook group to help organize the rides to volunteer during the rides to enjoy them, which is my favorite part. East Bay Bike Party happens on the second Friday of every month. It was an offshoot of San Jose Bike Party that started about a year earlier. There's also San Francisco Bike Party that happens on the first Friday of the month. And they have a great bike party. They're a little more hilly, a little less dance party. Whether cresting hills or breaking for a mosh pit, all of the bike parties share one important thing. We give people an opportunity to ride in a large group of people and be on streets that they might not feel safe or comfortable riding on by themselves. It's a way for bikes to take over the roads, but also not in a confrontational manner because we do try to leave space for cars. Megan stresses that there's a big difference between bike party and critical mass, where bikes take over the streets as a form of political protest. Because we have rules. Because we're not trying to oppose traffic, we're trying to exist with traffic. We want drivers to know that we are part of the people who should be on the road. Cyclists should be on the road. But we also acknowledge that the roads are there for cars too. And so that's why we try and stop at lights, stay to the right, and follow the road rules. I'd been hearing about the bike party for years, but just never got around to joining. And then one day I was eating dinner with friends outside at a parklet near my house. And this giant group of people on bikes came by on the street right beside us and kept coming by. I saw friends on their bikes, families with kids, a whole bunch of bikes tricked out with lights and crazy modifications, with sound systems playing music. It was exactly what the name implies, a giant rolling party with smiling riders and charmed observers on the sidewalks. This is seriously my favorite kind of thing, and I was having major FOMO watching them. So a couple of months later, when the route started pretty near my neighborhood, Kent and I decided to join. Everyone met at a BART station in Berkeley. And before long, the entire parking lot and beyond was filled with people on bikes. We met up with some friends who had done previous rides, and at about the predetermined time, the bikes ahead of us started slowly moving toward the street. We attempted to keep our bikes upright while inching along in the middle of the crowd toward the back. 
So East Bay Bike Party has always had a green flag for the leader. And it is probably six feet tall and it has LEDs in the pole and it has LEDs on the flag part and it's bright green and it attaches to the back of the leader's bike. I'm not sure everyone knows that the green flag is the start of the ride, but that is the person who's supposed to be in the lead and that's who you are supposed to be following. Now, when there's 1,500, 1,800 people, it might be hard to find the front and see who, where the leader is. But, but when you have a smaller group, it's more obvious. <laughs> I never saw the green flag because there were so many people. We don't have an accurate count. I've heard estimates from 1,500 to 2,000. It was a big party. There were so many bikes crammed together in the parking lot that it was challenging starting out. It can be pretty tricky when it's slow. And I did have another friend who told me there was too many people. And she, she was like, there's just too many people I couldn't ride because she was like, I can't go that slow and, and not hit anybody. Kent and I arrived at about 7.30 so I could interview some people before the ride. There was already so much music playing that those interviews were mostly useless. I was offered a hit off of someone's joint within the first five minutes, which I politely declined. One guy was riding fast backwards on a custom bike, back and forth in the parking lot. Other people were standing around chatting like at a cocktail party, many in colorful and outlandish outfits, sequins, feathers, crazy hats. The area filled up fast as groups of people on bikes streamed in from every direction, the anticipation building as the light faded. I managed to get out of the parking lot only falling over once, and then the fun began, basically taking over the familiar streets that I'd only previously traveled by car. The bike party had volunteers helping direct people at big intersections along the way. Left turns are always hard because you have to try and get across a whole lane of traffic with, you know, 50 to 100 people at a time. And also not piss off cars. But we had volunteers set up so that they could direct people through those turns and also try to let the cars go through in, in the spaces between the bicyclists. I think they did fabulous. The volunteers help with directing traffic and also keeping riders from losing track of the route when they get stopped at a red light and separated from the riders in front of them. But with swarms of bikes spanned out across the road for blocks, there's an aura of barely controlled chaos to the situation. So we have rules. We're supposed to stop at lights. So when the lights are red, it gives cars a chance to go through. Stay to the right so that cars can pass us on the left side or that we're not interfering with traffic. We're supposed to ride straight so you're not weaving around and crashing into people. And then there's three more rules. Don't fight because we're a party. We're having fun and we don't want to cause aggression. Pack your trash and then uh, don't get smashed which has two meanings. Please don't get hit by cars and party responsibly. I asked for some clarification around the party responsibly rule because it seemed that there was some nuance to that one. Party responsibly means that you should never party so hard that you can't get back on your bicycle, right? You don't wanna be weaving around and falling off of your bike. You should know what your own limits are and you should take care of yourself and your friends. 
The route for the ride goes through a different neighborhood each month, and it's pretty carefully planned out. So there's a couple steps for planning. So you come up with the idea, you have a theme, you scout out the ride, maybe by yourself with a couple friends, but then we do an organized test ride and that's open so people can come and join and give feedback on the ride. The ride leader plans the route and shares it with the, the test ride group, but the final route isn't shared to the group until right before the ride. So we always told people where to start and end, but we used to not post the ride at all because people would ride on ahead and like set up parties before we get there. And we were also worried about people showing up and taking bikes. But the bike party got too big. So you couldn't just follow the flag because there's so many people, you're gonna lose the flag. Like you're just not gonna see them because the flag turns a corner. By the time you get to the corner, they're already around the next corner. So you share the route so that people know where they're going in case they lose the ride. There was really no risk of losing the route on this ride. Cars were stopped for long stretches by the sheer mass of bikes coming through, their drivers sitting just sort of stunned and bewildered. A day or two before the ride, when the route's shared on social media, they also share the theme so people can dress accordingly and choose relevant music. The theme for this ride is Hot for Teacher. That was my route and that was my theme because I'm a teacher, so I'm like, hey, it's back to school. Let's bring in this reference. Uh, half the people didn't know what Hot for Teacher meant. Like, they did not know about the Van Halen song. They were just like, what is that? That's kind of weird. And so we posted the song in the group so people would know what we're talking about. I used to go to school at Cal and I know those neighborhoods really, really well. And I really wanted to go by the university and through those neighborhoods because it's back to school and we've got all these new students. So the ride starts at around 8 p.m. and proceeds around five miles before the first stop. It's pretty slow going with this many people, and I just get sort of mesmerized by occupying the space that's normally clogged with cars. I watch as a bus driver sits back in her seat, basically giving up on the prospect of moving forward. Music bikes come and go, creating an almost psychedelic mashup of strange and familiar tunes. Red lights reflect off of the pavement. We could tell we were approaching the first of the two party stops because of all the people milling around. Some with bikes, some having locked them up to trees. There was a guy who had set up a makeshift cocktail bar on the back of his truck. There were light shows, large and small clusters of partiers. The music bikes set up, we have dance floors, and we have a big party for about half an hour, 45 minutes. This first party was at a sedate park nestled in a quiet neighborhood of Berkeley. The full moon was reflected in a sweet little creek that runs through the park. 
I watched an older couple walking their dog, wandering around in confused fascination. There were some crazy dance parties there. We had a bunch of high schoolers there this time, and they were like moshing to like electronic dance music. There was crowd surfing. And I saw a guy wearing a top hat with flames coming out and people roasting marshmallows. Yes, the flaming hat man. And he just has like a gas pack on his belt and he can make fire out of his hat. So there is a guy wearing a big black top hat with flames coming out of it and a circle of people around him roasting marshmallows over the flames. There's a mosh pit between a small grove of trees with a giant cloud of pot smoke overhead bisected by colored laser beams. So much pot smoke. Right nearby, there are small clusters of people sitting on the grass like they're having a picnic. Some are lying back looking at the dark sky overhead. The vibe at the bike party is communal. People offer each other drugs and food. You feel like you can walk up to anyone and just fall into conversation, if you can hear each other over the music. It is a very friendly place. It's a community. And that's what I found out of East Bay Pike Party. And my background, I come from like the 90s rave culture. And you go to a rave and doesn't matter who you know because you're gonna come out with a dozen friends afterwards. And I kind of feel like it's a similar kind of vibe. You come into the party, maybe you don't know anybody, but you might start riding next to somebody that you've never met before and you'll talk on the ride and all of a sudden you have a new friend. When I first started coming to the East Bay Bike Party, I came by myself. And I didn't know anybody, and I started following the green flag, and we stop at a party, and you dance, and you can start talking to people, and everyone's really friendly, and you know you have something in common because you all love to bike and you all love to party. So it makes it really easy to to meet people who like the things that you like. I mean, people are trying to hook up. I know that some of that happens, but it's really not the focus of, of the event. It doesn't feel like a meat market. People are just there to have fun, to ride bikes, to dance, and to hang out with their friends. People bring their kids. They put the kids on the cargo bikes and they get their cargo bikes all decorated up and it's just like a family party. I went to my first East Bay bike party, I was hooked. I went to my second East Bay bike party. I went up and started talking to some of the organizers and seeing how I could get involved. By my third party, I was volunteering on corners and I started meeting the people who were organizing the rides and they're some of my best friends in the Bay Area now. Like, that's my family. I love my bike family. The rides generally go until just before 12 a.m. because that's when the last bar trains run. The whole route kind of feels like Cinderella. Everything ordinary is transformed into a beautiful playground until midnight. There's an amazing energy that people have on a Friday night because you're done with your week, you're ready to enjoy yourself. I love the energy at Bike Party. I love the way that people just kind of let go and they dance and it's just everyone is more free, I feel. It's really interesting to ride through the city at night. It looks completely different, it's completely transformed. At night, you do have some traffic, especially when it begins. There'll be people out, but there are people who are out on the streets enjoying themselves or getting ready to go on a date. So they're not the commuters. It's not 
everyone going to work doing the workday thing. It's, it's a whole different energy on the streets that we pass and everyone in the party themselves, are, they're just ready. They're ready for, for a good time. People put tons of lights on their bikes and they're super flashy. And we've got these trailers that have really elaborate lighting setups on them. And we have our green flag, which wouldn't show up if it was daylight. I think 95% of the people that we pass are really happy to see us come by. It's like a parade. People will bring their kids out, they'll wave at us, they'll take pictures. There's tons of videos all over social media about this amazing crowd of bikes that came by. There are a few people who get very irritated. So that's why I used the residential park as our first stop because I didn't want to be there too late and have that loud noise and upset people who are trying to sleep or wake up all the babies. We have gotten irritated emails about people's babies being woken up as we ride by and things like that. But we do try to stay off of those smaller streets now in consideration of, of the families. Yeah, I think most people are just really excited to see it. It's, it's a big event. It doesn't happen all the time. And it's always a different neighborhood every month. And we're friendly, we're nice. We're not bringing a lot of pollution. Our noise pollution is there, but it's not super loud. It's not like a car stereo that can be cranked up. They can get pretty loud, but then they pass by. My favorite thing during the ride is to find a music trailer that I like. And then I just stay behind that trailer from stop to stop if I can. And I always dance at the red lights on my bike. I really like the dancing. <laughs> when they get to party sites, all the people with music bikes set up for the stationary dancing. Some of them are friends and they'll link up their speakers and make like a bigger dance floor. But different bikes will set up in different areas and people can walk from stage to stage to get a different dance experience, which I love. <laughs> The first party at Live Oak Park was smack in the middle of a residential area, so Megan was mindful of not wanting to be there too late and disturb the people who live nearby. It turned out that sprinklers came on shortly before 10 p.m., a fortuitous aid to moving along almost 2,000 bicycles and their people. We lost a few people as we were going to the second stop, which was Brickyard Cove, down by the Berkeley Marina, which is a great location because no one lives there, and so the noise isn't bothering anybody. And we stayed there probably for an hour and had an epic dance party. Then everyone dispersed. While the vibe of bike party is carefree and jubilant, this one had a couple of pretty scary moments. I heard about a few incidents afterwards that made me feel really bad. I know when I was leading the ride that some car drove past us by getting into the opposing traffic lane and zooming past us really fast. And then I heard later that another car who was going the opposite direction of the bike party decided to just go through bike party and actually hit somebody. I contacted his friend and he said he's doing okay. So that's good, but that's definitely a downer. Someone actually caught this on video. There was a little kid. The video shows a little kid that barely got out of the way of the car that was coming at 30 miles an hour. Like I said, 95% of people really like us, and there's a few people who feel like we're in their way. You know, waiting 20 minutes for a parade of bikes to go by is just too long. I mean, there were people riding against traffic in the wrong lane, 
and that sucks and I wish they hadn't but I don't think that gives any driver the right to try and run them over. East Bay bike parties happened almost every month since it began, pausing once when someone sprayed graffiti at one of the stops and the organizers called a reset, a couple of times when there was bad smoke from nearby fires, and then at the beginning of the pandemic. Even then, there were some people out there doing the route. My hopes for bike party is that it will continue to flourish forever and that new people will join and want to keep making amazing routes and leading groups through different parts of the cities that they've never been before and showing people how fun riding bikes can be. Everyone I've talked to always wants more. They always want to come back for the next party. When's the next one? When's the next one? East Bay Bike Party has given me this amazing community of people who love to bike and has introduced me to this world of social bike riding, which I didn't really know was a thing before I started hanging out in the Bay Area. So I've gotten to see so many different parts of the Bay Area that I never would have even thought of visiting before. I've seen tons of parks. Parks are super fun, especially at night. Playgrounds are great at night because everyone plays at the playground. Bike Party has something for everybody. If you like to dance, there's always great dancing at East Bay Bike Party. If you just want to hang out with your friends, there's space to do that. If you love riding your bike, we've got plenty of that. This this is where my heart is. This is, this is what makes the month worth slogging through. Pie party is my favorite thing to do. Kent and I have to get up early the next morning, so we head out before the party moves on, knowing that it will evaporate from that spot momentarily, as though a magical, joyful celebration hasn't just descended on this sleepy suburban park. Right down the road at the University of California, Berkeley, Dacker Keltner recently published a book about the everyday wonder of awe, concluding that finding awe is the key to happiness. He writes that one of the main ways to tap into awe is to experience music together or sing or dance together in a group. He doesn't explicitly mention taking over the streets of your town at night with hundreds of other people on bicycles, dancing and frolicking along the way. But as we pedal away from the party, I think awe is exactly what we're experiencing. And it's so good. It's changed the way the world around us feels as we bike home on the dark, mostly deserted streets, mellowed out by the barest of contact highs, In that moment, the world is a benevolent place, and everything feels okay. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. I have a disturbing update to this episode. In the most recent bike party just a couple of weeks ago, there appeared to have been a series of intentional driver attacks on riders, 
resulting in several serious injuries. Oakland police are said to be investigating. I'll post a link to a San Francisco Chronicle article about the attacks at our website, nocturnepodcast.org, in the show notes for this episode, along with a link for East Bay Bike Party. Nocturne is a proud member of Hub & Spoke Audio Collective, a group of smart, well-crafted, independent podcasts. One of those podcasts that I love is The Lonely Palette, in which host Tamar Avishai charmingly returns art history to the masses, one object at a time. Listen to The Lonely Palette wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out all the other shows in Hub & Spoke at hubspokeaudio.org. Till next time, thanks for listening. Pointed up the trees. I just moved it. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's nasty. I was just saying, oh. <clears throat> blow on the Right?